All right, here we go. Hour three. It is a great day for talk radio. A lot of the talk's been dominated by the legalization of marijuana six days out. But an interesting aspect that I've not yet heard anyone discuss, and we will at uh, the bottom of this hour, with uh, a medical uh, practitioner, let's call him, a doctor at uh, Queen's University's Medical uh, School of Health. It has to do with geriatric medicine when it comes to cannabis and its legalization. Apparently, there's been a tripling of the use of folks over 50 in the last 10 years alone. Now, that stands to reason it's almost inevitable. It's just the coming of age thing, you know, as the demographic shifts. And so uh, they continue on. And some, I guess, have uh, bought into the benefit of medicinal marijuana and how it uh, may alleviate anxiety, stress and other complaints. But uh, when it comes to interaction with other medications, this is something that I guess would be a big caveat for folks who think, hey, it's going to be legal in six days. Let's go out and, uh, you know, smoke a lot of dope while well, he's going to set us straight as to what we need to know and uh, the pitfalls of pot. We will discuss, as I say, at the bottom of the hour, you know, impairment. Uh, this is one of the issues that he stresses. It's still an intoxicant. And impairment is not to be trifled with. The story of impairment that, uh, or at least alleged impairment, that really caught my attention earlier today was a story of this mother of a three-year-old who was swept away by the flooding Grand River back in February. This was near Orangeville, you might recall. Uh, February 21st, <sighs> Michelle Hansen uh, was driving a minivan with a three-year-old son, Caden Young, in there. If you recall the story, uh, she apparently drove past signs and pylons that were indicating that the road in this community of Waldemar had been closed. So minivan goes into the swollen river. She happens to extricate herself and her son, but the current was so strong it swept the boy away. And then it was the all points bulletin out for the child. And uh, frustratingly, it took two months before the child's body was discovered in Bellwood Lake. This was April 21st. Well, it turns out now the OPP, uh, following what they call a thorough investigation, have charged her with impaired driving causing death, dangerous driving causing death, and criminal negligence causing death. Three pretty heavy charges in the context of somebody's death. I mean, obviously, uh, this is what would lead to jail time at the very least. I guess we've learned from precedent that this kind of stuff does lead to a jail uh, sentence upon conviction she's got her day in court november 6th in orangeville and i don't want to prejudge i'm just saying in the event that there would be a conviction and there's still the presumption of innocence i want to underscore that but if she were to be convicted on these three charges in whole or in part would you send her to jail this is a mother who's lost her three-year-old and yes impairment needs to be addressed in some meaningful way and usually we, we see that the just approach to that is there's a punishment component to whatever else uh, we include in a sentence. And so when you talk about punishment, it says here to me anyway that she's already being punished in perpetuity. What can we do to her above and beyond the loss of her three-year-old for which she'll be racked with guilt for the rest of her life? I don't know that we do accomplish anything by sending her to jail unless you think that there needs to be some consistency before the law. And if anyone else had been found guilty in a similar set of circumstances, but not their own kid, uh, they would get jail time. So why not her? 
Well, I think the difference is because she did lose her son in something that if found convicted of this, which uh, for which he's been charged, she seems to be complicit in. That's the allegation here. If she didn't uh, get impaired, we can draw the conclusion here or connect some dots. She wouldn't have driven past the signs and pylons marking the road as being closed and then putting her son in jeopardy and obviously in a case where uh, the young life was lost. But I'm going to open the lines because I'm curious to know if you would rule in favor of sending her to jail upon conviction. Again, I want to stress that this is all speculative, but should she face this jail time or I believe that she's already suffering enough in it's a formality now to go through the process. But if there were to be a conviction, I just don't know that it would seem to be uh, any more just to put her in a, a facility. I mean, she's living within her, her own conscience and her own head. And uh, that might be a penalty that lives on in perpetuity. Agree, disagree? Let's find out how you feel. 870-6400. It's a tragic case. And uh, the outcome here, obviously, is still to be determined. But we know a young life was lost. So what do we say in that context? 870-6400. Star 640 on cell. Robbie, I'm going to start with you. Go ahead. You're on the Oakley Show. Hey, John, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, I agree with you. It is a tragic story. But my only thing is, take, let's take out of the equation it was a mother. What if it was just a regular person with a child that was impaired that did that? Would that make a big difference? It would my, make a difference. I, you know, I believe it would make a difference. My thing is, John, is that I feel bad for her. But if she was really impaired, like they're saying, I'm sorry, she's got to face justice. Well, do you not feel that she's already facing a different form of justice? Well, what I feel is for that boy that, that lost his life because the mother was drunk and didn't know what she were, where she was going and what she was doing. Right. That's what I feel for, not for her. Okay. Well, uh, I don't think I'll convince you otherwise, but I would say if you tried to project into the footsteps, and God forbid that should ever happen, you might appreciate that there is a special set of circumstances here that means traditional law or how we apply it is almost inapplicable here there's just this is something that i guess doesn't get studied in the law schools or is written into law but it's a a matter of understanding the human condition which is my bailiwick by the way uh let's get back into it david in toronto go ahead you're on the oakley show yeah i think like your last caller i have a hard time giving a pass just because it was a family. I hear where you're coming from, but unfortunately um, there's got to be consequences. Like your last caller said, if anybody else had done that, if it was somebody in another car, um, you know, everything's got to be equal or else what are we doing here? Um, You know. uh, All right. Well, no, I understand. Uh, So consistency before the law, regardless of circumstance, agree or disagree, David and Barry, it's your turn. Hey, John, great day for talk radio. Thank you, my friend. Uh, uh, We had a similar incident in an area where I live, where a woman backed over her own child on the street. It was tragic. Uh, The child was known to follow mom around. Uh, She's moving the vehicle, getting ready. Uh, The police could have easily charged her with careless driving. They didn't. Uh, The loss of her son, obviously, was penalty enough. And I think in this case, uh, I mean, 
We don't know if she was inebriated enough that she didn't know. I've driven a lot of back roads that say they're closed and people are still driving them anyway because they know the area. They know that they're not that bad or they're not impassable. They're trying to warn other people who don't aren't frequenting the area. So you don't know all the facts. But I think kind of along the same lines that I think, you know, she now has to live with that for the rest of her life. And, I, you know, it's her child. Had it been someone else's child, different set of circumstances. But because it was her own child, she now has to live with that and has to live with the outcome of that. And I, I think that, you know, I think the courts will be lenient. She might get community service out of it or something along that line, but it, it's yet to be proven if she was that inebriated, you know, could she still operate the vehicle? I mean, she, was, she had the fortitude enough to rescue her son. It's just that the coldness of the river and the, and the strength of the current tore him out of her arms. Well, yeah, and uh, charging somebody with impaired, we know the threshold is 0.08 uh, as far as the uh, blood content, uh, alcohol in the blood content. And the, the OPP said following a thorough investigation, she's been charged with impaired driving causing death. My guess is there was toxicology testing and she was above the threshold. Otherwise, why charge? Wouldn't make sense otherwise. So that's one of the three. The other is dangerous driving causing death and criminal negligence causing death the death obviously the tragic part so weighing in the equation does the tragedy then uh eliminate the need for any kind of jail sentence upon conviction and again i want to say we're alleging or uh we're speculating these are still allegations and there's a presumption of innocence let's get back to the calls and frank in toronto go ahead you're on the oakley show hi john without a doubt she's probably going to suffer for the rest of her life no doubt about that but I would also take into account, John, if they're, if they're charging her with criminal negligence, we don't know about any repeated patterns in the past related to that same kind of uh, behavior if she's been nailed on impaired before or charged and convicted. I think in those circumstances, John, if, if there's a repetitive pattern of those types of incidents, I can see where uh, a jail time would be justified in those circumstances. But certainly if she didn't have that, uh, if she was a model parent and didn't have any prior record, in relation to any of these things like this, impaired and stuff like that, then certainly I, I would agree with your last callers that uh, doing jail time is really not going to do anything to rehabilitate her. She's going to suffer, as everyone else said, for the rest of her life. Appreciate it. Yeah, her own rehabilitation may involve some community service, you know, speaking about the dangers of drinking and driving and so on and so forth, but I don't know what more is accomplished by uh, putting her, you know, in a cell where she has to relive the horror uh, every waking moment. Is that commensurate with what she did here? And so uh, you want to make sure that she's sort of, uh, you amplify the punishment. More thoughts on the matter as we get back to the lines and Jerry and Bradford. Hey, Jer. Hey, how you doing? Great day for Talk Radio. Thank you. Um, I uh, wanted to call in because I remember seeing a, uh, I can't remember if it was on a TV show or something like that, but a guy in the States had actually been street racing and ended up killing his own mom, pulling off the highway. And uh, he ended up serving, I think it was five or six years in prison or something like that. And one of the things that he said was that going to see his family and all that other stuff after the incident was even harder than the prison sentence. Um, and like the last caller said, if she is a good citizen and everything like that, um, then I think that um, 
she shouldn't serve jail time. She should still get some sort of a penalty, maybe like probation or uh, suspended license in perpetuity or whatever it is. But um, I think there should be some sort of a penalty, but I don't think she should go to jail. I appreciate the call very much. How about Linda in Lake Simcoe, on Lake Simcoe, somewhere near Lake Simcoe? Go ahead, Linda. <laughs> um, I think she should go to jail because if she cared so much about her child, why was she drinking and driving in the first place? And yes, she's going to go through her own personal. But what if it was someone else's kid she was driving? She'd definitely go to jail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, well, she'd be racked with guilt. But I mean, this amplifies it even more. So three-year-old, your own kid, you were hanging onto your kid in the the swollen, raging river, and you lose the grip. I mean, how many yeah, times is she going to replay that scenario in her head? That's a sad part of the story, but still, I think she should do time. Well, okay. Uh, There are some folks who believe that, you know, it's not just showing leniency or equality of mercy because you understand that this is going to impact her forever. Uh, There's still something in it that requires justice to seem to be done. Uh, Not going to convince everybody. Obviously, have a split house on this. I'll come back. I wanted to take a few more calls and then talk about a father and child at Loggerheads. The story of the Stronic family uh, is an interesting one, but I can't really understand which angle to uh, approach this from other than the general story of going into business or having some relationship, a business relationship with family members. Is that advisable? Is that a good thing? Some people think, yeah, that's the best way because blood is thicker than all the other considerations. On the other, uh, how many families have been torn asunder because of a business relationship that's gone south? We'll talk about that, too, in the moments ahead here on The Oakley Show. At the bottom of the hour, we'll find out about seniors using pot and what they need to be aware of. In moments, here at Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.